0: Today on the Zabecast, a glorious solo romp by the star of this very podcast, yours truly. I got a dirty dozen of topics, about three minutes each. We'll stick, we'll move, we'll make our points, and by the end of it, you'll say, well, now that was fun. Everything from this Jay-Z NFL shotgun marriage to the cold hard facts of cryotherapy. Yeah, I went there. Your bonus 40 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Thursday, August 15, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Let's get started. Colt McCoy is not going to be available tonight. For the Washington Redskins in preseason game number two at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. This marks a point at which I have lost it. With Jay Gruden and with the Redskins, I would say I give up. I would say that's it, I'm out. But I've said that on multiple occasions along the way. It's another example of you as a fan shaking your head saying, Who the fuck has pictures of whom? that this is still happening. Colt McCoy is a proven non-starting quarterback in the NFL, non-starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, proven over multiple cities and many years. Colt McCoy is also a proven injury waiting to happen. This is all well known. Colt McCoy is still a redskin, he's still on the roster, and I still think he's probably the favorite to start week one, For Jay Gruden and the Redskins. Why? He knows the system. Jay likes him. It's insanity is what it is. At this point, the Redskins have cut their preseason. What needed to be a valuable preseason evaluation with their quarterbacks, they've cut it in half. Uh, If not by more. Because the fourth preseason game we know is a joke. Nobody plays. The dress rehearsal game, the third week. Okay, that's kind of what we're down to now. Haskins has been deemed to be not quite ready, and at this point, your options are Case Keenum, not good, and Colt McCoy, even worse, in my opinion. Maybe not by a ton. I'm I'm not putting any great faith in Case Keenum. I was the guy that said, look, I know he went to the NFC title game against the Eagles when he was quarterbacking the Vikings, but that was a special circumstance. The defense for the Vikes was awesome that year. The running game was still intact. The O-line had not disintegrated, and he had two great weapons in Diggs and Thielen. And that once all that went away, once he went to Denver where he didn't have all that, you saw what Case Keenum was. He was an erratic interception throwing machine. I don't expect him to be anything much better for the Redskins, but guess what? We don't have him any options. He needs to play Case Keenum a full half. In this game number two, he needs to play a full half and more in preseason game number three. And don't say, but oh, what if he gets hurt? We're going to have to risk it. He needs to get as many reps as possible. And Jay, in my opinion, should lean into this preseason game and make it so that we get Case Keenum as ready to play come week one as possible. This whole Colt thing is beyond belief that he has had all off season. And I know I feel bad for the kid, three surgeries on that broken ankle. He keeps fighting, keeps fighting. What other team in the league do you know that would keep a guy around like this? Not, not just keep him in the mix to be your starter week one, but also to keep him on the roster period. Nobody, only the Redskins and only Jay Gruden and his insane love of one Colt McCoy. Let's talk cryotherapy. So the Ringer had a good piece on what is cryotherapy. They talked to somebody who had, uh, runs a fitness and or training and or health and well-being clinic that does offer cryotherapy. Is it just sitting in an ice bath? No. They say that ice baths are more superficial. They don't get to the inner core of your body as much as this cryo chamber does, and that they're a bit messier. You know, you you have to get all the ice, which is a bit of an effort. You have to go ahead and uh, get in there and get wet. and It's just not as effective, they say. The theory behind it, and by the way, they even admitted that the research on the benefits of cryo is not very well documented. There isn't a lot of proven research that said, oh, yeah, this works. But the theory behind it is you chill your body down to the point where your body thinks you're dying. Lovely thought, right? And so therefore it begins to protect your most vital organs. It retreats all of its energy and all of its cellular activity to keep in the heart and the lungs and and all of that working. Then as the cryotherapy treatment stops, and it's only about three minutes they say, in which they chill your body down to minus 130 degrees, oh shit that once it, once it's over after 3 minutes um you go ahead and you, know, you start to warm up pretty quickly and it kind of expands the uh, the blood vessels and it 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 helps to facilitate this regeneration of your body's own natural mechanisms of oh shit oh shit i'm freezing i'm freezing i'm freezing oh god now i'm not freezing great let's uh let's go back to uh living in nicer climates minus 130 Apparently, this cryo clinic said that, you know, Antonio Brown probably went in the cryotherapy chamber without the proper footwear that they put on two level, two layers of gloves, two layers of footwear, including socks that they provide. Because if you go in there with like slightly wet socks, that can be a problem. And that's maybe what uh, Antonio Brown did. I'm also I'm also led to believe that you don't your head and your face and your eyes and your mouth is not in the cryo chamber that it's only from the neck down. If you want the full cryo chamber treatment where it's, you know, full body, head and neck and everything, well, North, North Dakota in January and February should do you just fine. Jay-Z and the commissioner met on Wednesday in a select reporters only, one staff photographer only, press conference to announce this new initiative between the league and Jay-Z and Rock Nation. Well, isn't that special? Of course, Colin Kaepernick was the one name that kept coming up over and over and over again. The meeting was, or the press conference was, at Jay-Z's offices, not on NFL home turf. And they were announcing this new venture, in which they're going to have Jay-Z work with social justice initiatives and special music opportunities or something like that for the NFL. So music and social justice. Why it's like spinach and ice cream. It's like, uh, pick two other opposite things. I can't think off the top of my head, but yeah. It's amazing how far the league has fallen down the rabbit hole from the moment that that Goodell botched the initial response to Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the national anthem. Had had the commissioner just come down and said, boom, we're standing for the anthem. End of story. You don't like it. Too bad. We'll suspend you. We'll take you to the wall and back on this. If they had done that, this thing would have been over a long time ago. I guess it's not enough for the league to just be in the business of running a football league. And I guess it's okay to have... Charities that you're associated with, you know, the whole pink campaign was big for a while. And I'm not saying that, I mean, if some good comes out of this initiative for at-risk communities, as they say, and or people that need help, then who, who cares? Mozzle Mozzle good things, right? But man... It does look like a fake-ass hustle. It does look like the NFL is desperately trying to cover their tracks. It does look like they are trying to placate African-American players who keep painting these owners as rich, old, white oligarchs at best, if not plantation owners. They Few people will say it. It's a ridiculous comparison. But in this day and age, ridiculous comparisons get clicks, get likes, get attention, get talked about. I think the owners realize we got to take some of the heat off of us in the current climate in America. And number two, the Kaepernick thing just won't go away. Reporters kept asking about Kaepernick. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, Jay-Z had to defend his participation in this effort. It was less than 24 hours and people were starting to clap back against him for being a part of it. Eric Reed, safety for the Panthers, said, yeah, yeah, way to go. Way to sell out, Jay-Z, for the big bad man. No good deed goes unpunished, I guess. Colin Kaepernick still unemployed. Nathan Peterman still in the NFL. That ought to tell you all you need to know. There's been no memo. There's been no meeting. There doesn't need to be any of that. The owners know collectively nobody's signing this guy. Is that being blackballed? Yeah, in my book it is. But it's a story that just won't. Go away. And if Goodell realized quickly, okay, I botched it on not laying down the hammer on the anthem thing early. But here, here's what I'm going to do after a year of this going on. The commissioner should have picked a team. Picked a team that was on his shit list that really kind of needed a quarterback. I don't know, say the Buffalo Bills. You call the Bills up and go, listen, you're going to sign Kaepernick. No, but wait a minute. We don't want to It'd be too much distraction. No, you're going to sign him. He's going to make your final 53 roster. You can choose to you know, keep him as your number two if you want, but he's going to be on the team. And at some point, he's going to play, and it's going to last a year, maybe two. I'll give you two years, and it's just the way it's going to be. You're just going to have to deal with it. Well, I don't know if you can tell us to do that, Commissioner. I'm not sure that that's within the – that's when I'd cut him off and I'd say, listen, this is a league thing. The league needs this to happen. Hire him put him on the team, and we're putting this behind us. Of course, it would take Kaepernick cooperating and deciding, yes, I do want to play for the Buffalo Bills. But still, that would have been another way to, if not nip it in the bud, nip it before it became a thing. Who knows what's next on the Goodell-Kaepernick placation tour. Is that even a word, placation? Might be. John Gruden loves the camera, doesn't he? Hard Knocks episode two, higher ratings than a year ago with the Cleveland Browns and rookie Baker Mayfield. So clearly the show's doing pretty well, but I think most fans like me were a little disappointed that they tiptoed around and barely touched on the biggest story of this August for the Raiders, which is Antonio Brown and his feet. Here was the audio last night as our good friend, uh, Brent Musburger, got to love Brent, asks both Mike Mayock and John Gruden about Antonio Brown. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike.
1: Mike, where, where do we stand on, on the Antonio Brown? And what's the, what's the prognosis? And what are the medical people telling you about the situation with the feet? Yeah, he's he's going to be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into all the medical because we're not supposed to this time of year. But at the end of the day, uh, he's like a thoroughbred. And he's going to be fine. And I'm hoping he'll be back next week, full speed. Great. Is this Brent freaking must- (laughs) Hey, my (laughs) man. know (laughs) what? stage. Scream. All the free (laughs) agents we signed. (laughs) 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 Everyone's here, Coach, so thank you. All right, I'll be happy to answer any questions. Obviously, we had two good days. And obviously, Antonio is still
0: gathering clues and information John, year two in the offense—it's typically where we see a lot of growth at the quarterback position. What, what do you expect from
1: him in year two? We said, "How do we get Derek Carr to be a blue chip quarterback?" Well, let's get him some targets. You know, let's go get uh, Tyrell Williams in free agency, and let's hope we can get Antonio Brown. And you know, how concerned are you about Brown? Well, I mean, I'm concerned. We're missing time here. You I've always spent—I've always said, "Time spent, value received." You know, you got to spend time at this. You know,
0: Time spent, value received. Nice, sl- nice saying there, John. Here's what I don't understand. Well, I think I understand it, but I hate it. Let me rephrase it that way. You would think it would not be beyond a coach to be able to say, quite frankly, how do you feel about Antonio Brown and have the coach, even in front of TV cameras, say, you know what, I'm not happy. We had all offseason, he had all offseason to get ready to be, you know, to report to camp and get to know our system, get to get to start gelling with his new quarterback and Derek Carr, and this happened. I got his explanation of what happened, and frankly, I'm disappointed he didn't come to us as a team to say, well, I'd like this treatment, do you guys have somebody who could do it for you? So here we are, we're missing three valuable weeks on something that didn't need to happen, and we are behind. And these games start counting in the standings in 22 days. So that's the sum of my feelings. Not happy at all. I don't know if those days are gone in the NFL. I don't know if that is a stance that coaches can't take anymore because of social media, the echo chamber of the talking head shows. I mean, you know that would blow things up on – ESPN and FS1 and Oh Yeah, Did Not, Truth Versus Fiction, The Yelling Hour. All these shows would go crazy. But Gruden would be entirely right and entirely within his rights. Same thing for Mayock. Mayock doesn't have to hide behind, well, I've been told that medical stuff, we don't talk about that. Bullshit. You talk about medical issues with players all the time. There's a kid on on the Raiders, this uh, long shot late round pick who broke his hand in the game, or broke his arm, said so. They caught it on Mike, and he kept playing because he wanted to make the team. Medical stuff gets talked about all the time. And John Gruden just, love he can't just play it straight. Is this Brent Musburger, the great Brent? Ma-? Yeah, he was here last year, as were you, John. Uh, John, Brent used to work at ESPN, just like you used to work at ESPN, so right. It's not really a big deal. Quarterback Cliff, are the two Bs who are 40 going to hit it this year? That'd be Brady and Breeze. Brady turns 42, Breeze turns 40. Actually, Brady has Breeze will. And you got several others who are lurking just behind. Phillip Rivers will turn 38 by the time the season is over. The Ringer did a good job of going through, I think it was 538, Good job of going through just exactly where the cliff usually happens. I mean, we're talking about uncharted territory here. In fact, uh, Neil Payne, writing for Five Thirty Eight, says, Tom Brady and Drew Brees have blown up the quarterback aging curve. What comes next? They use the pro football reference stat approximate value. Don't know how it's calculated. Don't care. Where each, uh, where they compare the AV for quarterbacks is, in their 36th year going forward. And it's not pretty once you hit 40. In fact, the stat is the only quarterbacks who have put up an AV number of 10 or more at age 40 or 41 are Brady, Favre, Warren Moon, and Vinny Testaverde. How about that? No QB in history has ever recorded more than a 5 A.V. at age 42 or older. So historically speaking, Tom Brady is at the cliff. Is this the year he falls off the cliff? What about Breeze? How will the end be for guys like Breeze and Brady? Will it be a cliff? Will it be a gradual decline? It's the best, I think, question. It's the best mystery going into this year in the NFL that we have going for us. Because eventually, it time is going to win. It, it, it always does. Sure, they're expanding the envelope of it. Thank you to better training. Thank you to avocado ice cream. Thank you to drinking way too much water, which is probably dangerous for you. Maybe thank you to some stuff that perhaps would land other players in the league on a suspended list. is that funny, by the way? Let me just sidebar for a second. All these players in the NFL getting pinched for PEDs of various types. Offensive players, defensive players, wide receivers, running backs, defensive linemen. No quarterbacks, huh? Really? No cor- not one. Who was the last QB who had to sit a six-game suspension for PEDs? Well, they're smarter, Zabe. They know there's more at stake. Oh, is that it, huh? I'm just saying it's interesting. 538 had a list of the quarterbacks who played deep in their 30s and early 40s. It includes guys like Jim Plunkett, Billy Kilmer, Sonny Jurgensen, Len Dawson, Steve DeBerg, who (laughs) popped up four years after not having played at age 39 (laughs) to play at age 46 or something ridiculous like that for one brief season or at least a portion of it. Guys like Dan Marino hit 37 and then boom, done. What will it be for Breeze and Brady? Who knows? This could be the year. I'm not necessarily rooting for it. I'm neutral, if not positive, on both guys. But we shall see. Aaron Rodgers is another quarterback. And it keeps coming up again and again, the whole thing about, what's your relationship with new coach Matt LaFleur? And every time Aaron Rodgers talks about it, Aaron Rodgers starts to sound more and more like a petulant, high-maintenance B-I-T-C-H. And he keeps bringing up this whole clickbait thing. And he keeps bringing up the whole, you're making this up to make money on your websites and your blogs. Yeah, we're getting rich. We're all just collecting money from the sky. I know that people ask him about it way too much. I know that it's dumb questions. This is part of the job, though. If you're Rodgers... And I love the guy in Rodgers, I trust. Bottom line is, just keep answering the same question. Play the game. Hit the ground stroke back over the net into the court. Just If it, they ask you 10 times, answer it 12. If they ask you 20 times, answer it 30. Just keep hitting it back. Don't get into this holier-than-thou, I'm-so-smart, lecturing everybody on how the internet works and in clickbait. It's not a good look. That said, I'd love to know. Well, and we're going to find out. I want to know. I'm curious. I hope LaFleur is good on the deck of that ship as the seas are high and the winds are rough and the game is in the balance. Does he know how to? Clock management, play call, timeouts, challenges. Go for it. Don't go for it. Field goal, first down, touchdown. How aggressive? That's where so many games in this league are won and lost. And for Lafleur, it's his first go-round doing that. Obviously, Sean McVay did pretty well with it. Of course, he's sitting on a very fast car with a lot of offensive talent. He's very aggressive as well. I hope Lafleur is aggressive. He better not be, as I call him, a plus-side punter. You get on the plus side of the 50, fourth and anything less than eight, I'll call it, because that's where I think the conversion numbers really drop off. Anything less than fourth and eight on the plus side, go for it. Just go for it. Way better statistically to go for it. You know defenses, when they stop you on the plus side of the field, as they're digging in, they're like, oh, thank God they are punting. Because there's no guarantee on this fourth and five we would have stopped them. And we're dead tired. And they've moved the ball all the way here from their own 10-yard line. We'll see how Lafleur does on that. So the Redskins installed this new sign, or a new monument sign, I guess, out in front of Redskins Park. It's a nice little stone edifice, little, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a stone monument, stacked stone. And a little sign that says Redskins Park, and then it also says you know, sponsored by ANOVA and the Sports Performance Center of of Loudon or of Ashburn, whatever it says. It's fine. It's something that makes the place look nicer. I'm all for it. It's probably long overdue. But they also built this little square flat patio attached to the sign that goes into the park. And I thought, that that is so weird. It's obviously a place for someone, anyone to stand briefly in front of said monument and sign with the Redskin logo and the corporate sponsorship there. Okay, that's fine. But really, who's going to take those pictures? I thought it was for fans that might be like, oh, we're here at Redskin Park. Let's go stand on the patio and take a picture in front of this sign and this you know, corporate health partner, sponsor, et cetera. Well, it turns out someone said that's for media shots, that's for media stand-ups, that it's where talent can stand, they get a nice shot, and they go, Here, reporting at Redskin Park, Colt McCoy has been named the starter for Week 9. He's finally cleared to play, his ankle is feeling good, and Jay Gruden says he's confident in Colt's chances. Soundbite. Of course, my man Stan McHale on Twitter, thank you, Stan, Don't know you, haven't met you, but by golly, your Photoshop skills are fantastic. I said, boy, someone's going to go to town Photoshopping this picture. And sure enough, they did. And sure enough, he took it to the next level. (laughs) He somehow Photoshopped. You'll have to see it on my Twitter feed, at Zabe. He Photoshopped in a three-person picture of uh, (laughs) poor Alex Smith lying flat on his back after breaking his leg with... Morgan Moses, offensive lineman, standing over him. And uh and Larry, oh Larry Hess, the team trainer, rushing onto the field to say, okay, what's the matter? What's the matter? Ah, I broke my leg. And then he photoshopped onto the sign. <laughs> it can always get worse. <laughs> Admission $39 to the park. <laughs> After I saw that, I said, ooh, ooh, do RG three now. Sure enough, he did one with RG three. I'm not here to revel in or otherwise further promote the team's misfortunes. I'm not making fun of Alex. I feel very sympathetic for that. This is just my gallows humor as a fan to keep sane, to laugh and say, yeah, look at that. Of course, now guys could go take photos. I want to go take a photo standing there next to the sign, and then Stan McHale can Photoshop who knows what in there. He might be able to Photoshop in Albert Hainsworth. Lying on his fat ass against the Eagles on Monday Night Football for four full seconds as Michael Vick ran around. I counted it. I watched the uh, video again today. I might want to just go out there with a little hibachi grill, some chairs, barbecue, and then see how long it takes for someone to go, hey, hey, this is not for that. This is not a barbecue spot. Anyway, we'll see what happens. I I got some ideas swirling in my head. Stay tuned. Well, 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 not to make light of somebody who died, but well, this is something at the Fresno Grizzlies triple a ballpark. A man has died in a taco eating contest. Yeah, I kid you not. This stuff can happen. I believe he died of a heart attack shortly after wolfing down some unbelievable amount of tacos. Now, is it wrong of me then to tweet, well, we obviously needed nets around the tacos because, you know, if it saves one life, it's worth it. Yeah, I guess that does make me a bit of an asshole, right? Dana Hutchings, 41, reportedly collapsed while participating in the event. Officials say the man began choking on his food during the contest. He was taken to the Community Regional Medical Center where he died on arrival. Fans at the game said medical technicians attempted the Heimlich, But it did not work. The hospital has not determined Hutchings' cause of death as of yet. An autopsy is scheduled for Thursday. Cause of death, taco? The Grizzlies extended their heartfelt prayers and condolences to Hutchings in a statement. And boy, they then got on the phone with their lawyers and said, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Please help us here. So, by my accounting, tacos have killed more people at ballparks in America this year than foul balls. So take out of that what you want. I'm just saying those are the numbers. I saw this, and like somebody told me on Twitter, they said it looked like it was definitely from the onion, but it appears to be real. Ever heard of a company called directauto.com? Well, guess what? (laughs) You might hear about them now. I guess this worked. They're two spokespeople for DirectAuto. I don't even know what it is. I'll have to look it up here right now. I wouldn't believe it if I wasn't looking at it. Johnny Manziel and Tanya Harding. (laughs) I thought you had to be remotely liked in order to uh, get endorsement dollars, to be effective as an endorser. I guess you just need to be notorious to a certain degree. Oh, look at this. I'm on their website. There's a third guy who's one of their spokespeople. That'd be Fat Joe. I don't know who Fat Joe is. Oh, it's car insurance. (laughs) Direct auto insurance. Well, there you go. Johnny Manziel, Tanya Harding, Fat Joe, your smiling spokesman and spokeswomen for direct auto insurance. Tanya Harding is, uh, she's not aged well. Hard life. Of course, I don't know if she was ever going to age well. She was never really that pretty per se. I did like the movie with Margot Robbie. I, Tanya, pretty good, all things considered. This won't shock anybody, but I'm thinking about upgrading my computer and monitor setup. I currently have an iMac 17-inch, which I got in 2017, late 2017, I believe. It's a wonderful computer. Um, it's plenty powerful enough, even for doing my home video editing and 4K stuff. It, it does just fine. But I was looking at these monitors, and this is where I need some help here, some thoughts from people. They now make these super wide, Tom Cruise in a sci-fi movie, high-tech looking monitors that are curved, that are super duper wide. Like I'm looking at one that's a 49-inch wide, 32 by 9, dual QHD IPS curved LED monitor from LG. Looks badass. It'd be useful for what I do because, you know, I have a lot of windows up. I have a lot of things up that I want to keep an eye on. I need to have a big command screen for doing this radio show and this podcast and whatnot. My current setup, I should probably take a picture of it. It's the iMac. (laughs) Excuse me. We'll take that out in post-production. You didn't take it out. That's all right. Just keep rolling. I got the, uh, the iMac and I've got two iPads. That are on little metallic stands, nice clean look that I can move around. One of them has the broadcast clock, hours, minutes, seconds. The other one has my Skype window to see down the line to Scotland or the boys in Milwaukee. And I'm thinking if I get one of these big ass curved monitors with a Mac Pro computer, one of those circular cans of coffee or whatever, could put that underneath my desk, just have the monitor itself up top. Be pretty slick, wouldn't it? But is it any good? What about instead of doing that? What about getting just two large monitors and go on that route? Any thoughts? Any recommendations? I am all ears. So thank you very much for that. They have apparently shelved for now a movie called The Hunt. Universal Pictures decided after the recent twin shootings in El Paso and dating that, uh, hey, maybe the country's really not in the mood for this. Wasn't going to be released until late September anyway. And of course, the president pushed back on it via Twitter. And so that, I guess, caused them to say, you know, let's go ahead and put this on the shelf. Many people think it'll be eventually released. There was that movie about North Korea, I think, that got canceled by Sony or Or suspended, and they then they eventually re-released it. It was, I think, a Seth Rogen comedy. Here's the thing: I watched the trailer. This prompted me to go watch the trailer, and the premise of the movie, I think, is pretty fascinating if you don't mind a little bit of blood and guts. It's that liberal elites have this manor on, you know, fifty acres or whatever, and they go kidnap so-called deplorables. From flyover country, presumably Trump supporters, and then they, you know, kidnap them, they dump them into the, you know, 50-acre manor area, and they have a caged hunt for humans. Now, that's some sick shit right there, right? And pretty inflammatory, given our nation's current status. It's also not necessarily a new idea. This is kind of like the Hunger Games set in more relatable modern times. And some people were arguing based only on the trailer that it actually portrayed the deplorables or the flyover state people as the good ones and that it's the liberal elites as the bad ones. All I know is this. It was you know, pretty graphic, the trailer itself, with people getting blasted and shot and hit with a bow and arrow and everything else. And I thought, yeah, I can see where people could argue. Not, not a good time for this. But then you have to ask yourself, well, so what? If we just wait a while, then it is a good time? See, this is the kind of movie that I would actually sort of be into. I'm not into these Saw movies or hostile or what I call torture porn. I don't mind some blood and guts. I don't mind the kind of the thrill and the dystopian, holy shit, can you imagine? And how would you survive? And I guess the the female lead, who's one of the deplorables, some woman who I I don't even know who she is, but she's she's all right. She's kind of badass. It's the kind of movie I would have been all about. Oh, by the way, I've not seen The Purge either. I know the concept of The Purge. I just never got into it. It's the kind of movie I would sort of be into. But then again, it's a, we're living in a world in which there are people, sadly, that are now saying, oh yeah, I really want to go hunt people. I really want to go slaughter and mass murder a bunch of people. And... I'm not for censorship but is it a good idea to put these kind of movies out that are this specific about one group of Americans hunting and killing another group no matter how artfully spun it may be no matter how high concept it may be is it really a good thing? And I'm not saying I'm not blaming video games I'm not blaming Hollywood it's all in the mix one way or the other but I'm just I don't know how the the ethics of, well, now is not the right time. But later, yeah, later will definitely be the right time when there's not so many shootings. The sad reality is there's probably going to be a shooting every month, given the rate that it's going. So when would the right time be? We'll see if the movie ever comes out. Couple quick hitters, and then one last one about an idea for my special jail in America. Draymond Green sat down with Rachel Nichols for an interview on The Jump and told Nichols that he's totally fine, that KD did not talk to him about leaving Golden State and going to the New Jersey, or excuse me, Brooklyn Nets. Said Draymond, quote, I'm not about to go to Kevin Durant and say, hey, Kevin, can I get my fiance pregnant? It's my life. Am I supposed to come to you and A, let you know, or B, ask you for permission? No. Quote, unquote, Draymond Green. Well, that is a very refreshing, that's a wonderful way to look at things. I think we should all look at things that way, which is even if you and I are working together, we're having fun, we're teammates, maybe even friends, if that ends someday because someone else... Says, this is what I need to do for my life and what I want to do. Hey, you don't owe me an explanation, and I certainly don't owe you permission. I generally don't like Draymond Green, but in this case, good on him. A man has been arrested for grifting at airports. A professional poker player suspected of doling out bad beats to susceptible travelers at airports has finally been arrested. Michael Borovitz, a fixture at poker tournaments in Vegas and Atlantic City for the last 15 years, was busted at the Detroit Metropolitan Airport after authorities got a tip that he'd, been on a connecting, that he'd be connecting at the hub from Seattle en route to Miami on a gambling jaunt. His scam was something that's right out of the old playbook. He would approach passengers with a sad, sad story in hopes to get some money while promising to pay it back. Oh, I can hear the pitch right now. Oh man, my credit cards got canceled. I'm divorced. I'm a single dad. My bitch ex-wife. I ain't got no money. I gotta get home. Kids are gonna be left at school without me. I just need a couple hundred bucks. Here, give me your address. I swear I'll pay you back. And all it takes is one or two, couple hundred bucks here, couple hundred bucks there. Take it to a poker tournament. Bing, bang, boom. Looking at the mugshot of the 44-year-old. I wouldn't give him a punch to the face, much less any money. And I know that makes me a cold-hearted asshole, right? Because eventually there will be a real person with a real sad story that is really, really stuck. But you've got to be more discerning about that because the money you could be giving to some guy you think you're helping could actually be a degenerate poker player who is going to disappear into the night and never come back. Amazon said this week its facial recognition software can detect a person's fear. Recognition, R-E-K-O-G-N-I-T-I-O-N, is one of many Amazon Web Services, cloud services available for developers. It can be used for facial analysis or sentiment analysis, which will identify different expressions and predictions and predicts emotions from images of people's faces. They say the uh, software can accurately identify seven emotions. Happy, sad, angry, surprised, disgusted, calm, and confused. Well, if you take out calm and happy, then I'd say angry, sad, confused, surprised, and disgusted equal my my emotions and my reactions to Colt McCoy possibly still being our number one quarterback come week one. (laughs) Scary shit. And yet at the same time, I got a beef with Amazon, I ordered a couple of stand-up desks. Just click, 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 okay, this one, click, 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 okay, this one. There was a smaller one and a larger one. I order them both, think I'm going to return at least one of them, because, you know, that's what I do. Or both of them, which is also what I do. And by the way, I am now going to do just that. One of the returns, easy peasy. Here's the postage, slap it on, take it to the nearest UPS drop-off point, you're good to go. The other one's like, ah, this was for the third-party seller, so you're going to have to email them. But here, go ahead and do it here. And then I get a notice. Well, they couldn't get your email because of their system, but they'll reach out to you. If they don't in two or three days, then you can escalate your claim. And I'm like, Jesus, come on, Amazon, get it together. So I get the uh, message back finally from the third-party seller, and they're like, well, we don't include return shipping. I'm very sorry. Uh... If you would like, if you'd like to keep the item, we can discuss perhaps a reduction in price to compensate you. I said, "Now, nah, just tell me where to ship it and I'll pay for the shipping. I hate this about Amazon. I hate having to navigate, well, who's selling me what? I know there's ways to do it, but it should be a lot easier. Bottom line is I shouldn't be buying shit off Amazon. I've already got too much as it is. And then there's this. Mention I how Remember how I mentioned we need a special jail in America? Special jail is this. It's a two-month jail. One size fits all sentence. Two months, no probation, no parole, no serving your time on the weekends or at night. Don't care if it's inconvenient to you. Don't care if you did not commit any violent crime. My special jail, the two-month jail in America, is going to be based on crimes in which a jury of 12 reasonable men and women can agree on the following premise, which is, what is wrong with you? My special jail would be the place where we put ice cream lickers, like those who film themselves virally licking ice cream and putting it back on the shelf. What's wrong with you? It would involve people that disturb flights in one way, shape, or form, and inconvenience everybody. Uh, We had to turn around because uh, there was disturbance in the back. Guys like Thor Bjorn Olison pissing in the aisle. Special jail, two months, Boom no 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 special mitigating circumstances don't care this would be the latest one residents in henrico county virginia woke up to find over 50 of them old tube style television sets placed on their doorsteps not only is that weird enough but several people's ring doorbells captured video of the man doing it. They don't have a good idea on the man yet because get this, he was wearing a hollowed out television set over his head. I kid you not. That is creepy as fuck. That is a pain in the ass that deserves two months, special jail, boom, done. Don't want to hear from you. Get in there. You creepy asshole. This is why people get eight foot chain link fences and really mean snarling dogs to protect their house. Imagine you're a single mom and you happen to be up late at night and then you notice you know, some commotion out front or at least you hear somebody with footsteps. You see a guy wearing a TV head on, putting a TV on your front doorstep. You must be thinking, what is that? Is that a bomb? Is that someone's, could that contain someone else's head in it or something disgusting? What the fuck? Get off my property, asshole. He's lucky he wasn't shotgunned straight off the porch by somebody who happened to be up at night, a fate that I would have been fully supportive of. And then you got to go dispose of the tube TV. You got to take it, you know, figure out where can I take it to the dump or my garbage people take it, you know, what if you're old and frail? You can't pick up a TV. It's right on your front doorstep. Fuck off, asshole. Go to jail 2 months. Oh, but I got to work. I'll lose my job. Too bad. That's why you're going to special jail. Oh, but, uh, you know, I've got to take care of my kids or i got to go do this. No. Too fucking bad. You're in a jail cell for two months. In fact, I wouldn't even let them out for two months for recreation. Of course, the ACLU would probably have problems with it. But you know what? I think a lot of America would support my special jail. You do something that is completely fucked up, like what is wrong with you? Guess what? Two months in the special jail to straighten you out. You can sit there for 60 days and go, yeah, probably was not a good idea. All right, that'll do it for me today. That was fun, wasn't it? A nice romp through a bunch of different stories. All I needed was me. Thank you for listening. Download the Zabecast app tomorrow. We're scheduled to have Paul Charchian. We'll talk fantasy, football, ale coins, his stealing of my idea, lots of other stuff. Make sure to subscribe. You'll get Fridays in addition to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I thank you very much for it. Have yourselves a great Thursday and we will see you
1: later. put your car on cruise and lay back